What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Run Your Mouth Podcast. And guess what? It's just me and you on this one. No live audience to distract us. It's just us hanging out. And I got a lot of things to say because Spirit put me on a tarmac for six hours. So I was alone with a lot of my thoughts. A whole bunch of thoughts. But before we get into that, if there was one thought I had while I was out there sitting on Spirit Airlines, is that uh, I need some publicity so that I'm not flying Spirit Airlines. And so in an effort to ramp up the production, get some more eyeballs on the show, start charging the sponsors more money, start bringing up ticket sales, we're going to ramp up the entire operation. And so in order to get this publicity, I'm just going to get out there and I'm going to come clean and I'm going to say it. I had sex with Barack Obama. Apparently, that's how you get on the Tucker Carlson program. So I I just want to say it, you know, because more people are going to come forward. The allegations are going to come in. Every story is going to be interesting. Each time another person comes forward and says it, you know what that does? That brings even more credibility to the story. And the person that comes forward is the second person That's what really gets the ball rolling. So I'm going to be person number two that comes forward and talks about my sexual escapades with Barack Obama. And I know that might sound like a fantastical tale, but I got proof that it happens because uh, here's what Barack said to me. That's right there. Oh, God. That's right. That's good. Oh, that's better than Michael. That's better than Michael. That's the. Oh, it was a good time. We flipped around. Trade it off. I bottomed, he topped. You can do that type of thing when you're doing crack cocaine. When you're doing crack cocaine, you can mix it up. That gives you energy. All right. Uh, anyways, let's uh, let's talk about some other news topics, and then we can shit on Spirit Airlines. But before we do, you know, yo, Kratom, home of the $60 kilo. Go go get yourself some kilos of Kratom. You know, the, these uh, Spirit flights to nowhere don't pay for themselves. Uh, and we had a generous refund policy, unlike the people of Spirit Airlines, refunded every port store ticket to the event that never happened, courtesy of Spirit Airlines. I just got my new life mission. You guys thought that I had a gripe with uh, uh, Comcast. You thought that I had gripe. If you ever thought I had a gripe in the past, let me tell you, it, it, it will all have been worth it if I make sure that no one else flies Spirit Airlines again. We'll see how spiteful I can get towards Spirit Airlines for locking me. Can I just say, good policy, that three-hour rules. You know, usually I uh, very rarely will defend government. And I'm sure government is mostly responsible for why these planes can't fly. I'm sure that it's mostly their fault. I'm sure that there's a very stupid system as to why people can't check in ahead of time and go, hey, we're ready to fly the plane Or, hey, can we board this plane? Are you just going to make us sit out here for three hours? Hey, if I board the plane, are you going to tell me that there's weather coming in? Because you're sitting on the high tower and there's all sorts of gizmos and you got the binoculars. So if you're seeing the bad weather, maybe you could just tell us and then we won't board the plane. Or if you got 12 other planes that are ready to go, maybe you could just let everyone know, hey, you might as well chill not on the plane because we can't go anywhere anyways. And I'm sure they give out monopoly contracts. Listen, I'm sure governments made a lot of errors when it comes to the airline industries. But I do want to give them credit for one thing, which is that three-hour rule is a very good rule. Because I'm claustrophobic. And I, 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 I listen, I actually get very good work done on planes because I got to lock in. I so don't want to be on that flight that I will lock in and I, and I get some good work done. Like I, like, I got no choice but to focus on stuff, so I focus on it. And sometimes I get a kick out of, like, really reworking horrible jokes or graphics and seeing people look at my computer. But anyways, and I take a lot of pee breaks. I do that on planes. Pace around a little bit. I eat those shitty Biscoff cookies. Anyways, I forgot how distracted I get when we aren't live. 
but we're, there's no, no edits are going to happen. Just the, because of the fact that I came out to back to the apartment and half of my gear is still in California. We'll see if Spirit sends me back all of my gear because they still have my bag. But anyways, I was trying to talk about... No, I was trying not to talk about Spirit. I was trying to stay on news topics. And then we got sidelined to Spirit. And then we also plugged your Kratom Homeless $6 Kilo. Man, people that have been listening to the podcast for a long time, they're going to be like, I remember that this was every episode. You guys didn't realize how much the live audience kept me focused and uh, somewhat derailed the ADD from completely taking over. Anyways, yo, Kratom, home of the $6 kilo. Support the people that support us. And then, uh, you know what? Before we talk about more of the spirit nonsense, I do want you guys to know the latest uh, COVID guidance from from Fauci because he was back on the news and, you know, we got to trust and listen to the scientists. And now the COVID's ramping back up. His latest advice is um, even though they don't work, you still have to wear the masks. That's the latest from Fauci. I know that listening to the scientists, it's not about things working. It's just about doing everything you can, even if it does nothing. And that's why on an individual basis, you still, everyone's got to wear a mask. If you guys want more on that topic, I did uh, Lions of Liberty, and uh, me and Brian spent considerable time on that. And then we were going to do a live podcast, but then Spirit decided not to fly its planes. I don't even think Spirit flies its planes. I don't exactly know what Spirit's business model is of getting you to the airport, putting you on a plane, having to just sit on a runway, then getting you off the plane, arguing with you about what your options are. I think that, listen, I've pointed this out on the show before. It makes no sense why taking two flights would be cheaper than one flight. But that's the way they do it. If you're willing to go through the hassle of a stopover, they'll make it cheaper. You know why? Because I'm starting to believe that they're harvesting our bad energy. It's like that movie uh, Monsters, Inc. with the the laughter and the frights and the fears. I don't know why the demon overlords get so much by making us miserable. But I think Spirit Airlines has a deal with them where they get profits from the government. They get rebates and checks just by putting people on planes, having them sit on the tarmac for for a while, question their life decisions. Oh, my God. All right, I'll tell you guys what happened with my, my Spirit Airlines thing. Oh, full circle. The government policy of the three-hour rule is a good policy because I'm claustrophobic, and I can tolerate a flight because I know that there's an ending to it. But my biggest fear is getting onto a flight and then just sitting on the runway and then having no idea how long you might be stuck there. Because then that changes the whole thing. If I get on a flight, I know it's five hours to California, I can wrap my head around, okay, I'm stuck here for five hours. But if I'm just sitting there and you're not giving me any information, then I don't know. And that becomes a way bigger bug out. I don't know if you guys uh, are claustrophobic like I am. Maybe you guys are really good at sitting in seats. It doesn't bother you. You bring a magazine, you bring your uh, whatever video game system, you can watch your movies. You hate your life so much. You hate where you live so much. You hate your coworkers so much. You hate your wife so much that being able to just sit in a seat and watch some shitty movie, you could do it forever. It doesn't bother you. Or maybe you're one of these people that so likes to pretend that they enjoy vacation that you're one of these people, you're like, I'm going to get there and I'm going to take that picture for Instagram. And so you don't care. You don't care how miserable everybody makes you because you just know you're going to get that one picture that you need for your Instagram, your dating profile to pretend like you enjoyed your trip that I know that if I was there, you either didn't like it or you were so stupid that you didn't realize that you shouldn't have been enjoying it. That's why people should bring me on their vacations. Bring a miserable Jew curmudgeon so he can point out to you why you shouldn't actually be enjoying the thing that you're enjoying 
Like, it, call it being more cultured. Like, the same way if you were drinking the world's worst wine, and then a Samae came around, took a sip of it, and went, listen, this wine fucking sucks, and here's why. You know, I could do that for you in terms of when you go to all these places and you're waiting. Like, you ever wait on a brunch line with someone, one of these fancy Instagram people? You're like, this is a line for overpriced eggs. This is not a fun thing to do. I, I, I hate this so much. You could have the world's greatest eggs on the other side of this. It's not going to make up for the fact that I waited on a line for it and that this isn't worth waiting on lines for. You can go to a bagel store and get the same thing for less money without the line or any of the pretentiousness. But no, people, they need their Instagram pictures. So anyways, the three-hour rule is a good rule because apparently they can't keep you on a runway for more than three hours. That's the clock. It's a shot clock, and they can cheat because it doesn't start until they close the doors. But once they got... Because I don't know why the pilot and the airline would rather just sit there all day. I don't, they, what, do they make money by running their plane and not going anywhere? Is that the rebates that they get for the demon energy of just torturing people for no reason? I don't understand the mechanics of why the airline would prefer to just run the plane, burn the fuel, and not go anywhere. I can't explain to you why Spirit Airlines enjoys that. Maybe what's going on is that they actually have footage on all the planes. You ever see in Rat Race they're coming up with, like, better bets? Maybe that's what they're doing. Maybe they got cameras in all these planes and they start taking bets on who's going to bug the fuck out. That's what they do. They're just sitting there and they're taking bets on who's going to decide that they can't take it, which, oh, that is my next point. People are a little bit too civil. Like, I, I, listen, I don't, I, don't, I don't bug out, but I will complain online. That's my, that's my contribution is that they don't know who does and doesn't have an audience. And if so, everyone with an audience trashes the brand every time they have a bad experience, then they start realizing, oh, I think generally speaking, we have to be nicer to people because we actually don't know who's going to go trash us and get some traction and we got to monitor our social media. So that's my contribution. And I, I'm going to be going on rap soon because I, I actually think about this every time I end up in these situations. I'm like, I wish Lewis was here. I wish there was like an airport full of Lewises or just people that like will actually say something. Because I don't want to yell. I don't want to scream. I don't want to do anything. But I wish that there were people there that were actually there was a guy who uh, walked over to the plant held on to the tree and started yelling at the tree so intensely in another language, I started to wonder, is this guy about to blow himself up? <laughs> he so intensely had been pissed off and rattled by spirit that he walked over to a tree and started yelling at the tree. And I, th there's for sure footage of that somewhere because I, I noticed that I was in someone's camera when this guy was yelling at a tree. And I was, and I was just thinking like, oh, this might be the end for me because this guy lost it. But what I'm trying to say is if everybody reacted like that, they would have to start treating us nicer. If everyone was a big old baby and freaked the fuck out, maybe we need more crying women. What we need is more people who will just react very poorly that they realize, oh, we can't, like, I when I landed in Reno, by the way, can I just tell you guys, I've had like four bad travel experiences, and I was like, you know what, I'm not going to complain about travel anymore. This is ridiculous. What am I, I'm going to spend the whole show just being a whiny Jew fuck? I don't want to be a whiny Jew fuck. I'm here to talk about the news. I'm not going to tell you about every bad experience. I'm not going to tell you guys, scream and yell about the hour and a half I waited for a rental car in Reno. I'm not going to tell you guys about in Detroit how I got sick and I showed up to a hotel that I had a reservation, and that there's some autistic lady who's like, you don't have a reservation here, and then they put me into another Holiday Inn Express that was even further from where I needed to be, and then they didn't even honor the rest. I, I, I decided, you know what? No more yelling about these terrible experiences. That's the way travel goes. I'm not so important that things are supposed to work out for me. But then 
six hours of sitting on a spirit plane that went to nowhere, and I'm back yelling at things. And you know what? Collectively, we all have to figure out how to be more aggressive when things don't go our way so that companies, and I'm not, I'm not saying, like, I, I'm almost surprised that everyone else remains so calm because I'm, like, biting my lip. I'm breathing heavily. Like, I'm doing everything to just sit in the pocket and smile at a person and go, all right, can you give me another option? All right, I know that you're telling me that there's absolutely nothing that you can do except you did just strand me out there for three hours. Is there something you can do? I'm not even, I, that, that even sounds like too much. I'm not even like that. I'm very calm. But I do, I, I do mean mug and stare at people right in their eyes. I do that a little bit. You know, you got to build a little intensity. But then sometimes I'm like, I need other people. We need more people to be more vocal about their dissatisfactions. Otherwise, we're just going to be taking up our asses forever by these companies. All right, so anyways, you know, you get everything all packed up for porch tour. It's not that easy. You know, the porch tour is not that easy, people. I'm, I'm lugging all sorts of gear all around the country. Get out to Newark Airport. That's a nightmare getting out to Newark Airport. And then you find out your flight's delayed. All right, no big deal. Things are going to go to shit. You decided to book on Spirit Airlines. It's your own fault. After two and a half hours of sitting there, they decide, you know what? Your flight's canceled. And there's nothing they're going to do for you because it's canceled because of weather. But even though it's canceled because of weather and it's now 4.30, the next flight is still going to run. But that flight's going to Texas. And then you're going to have to wait in Texas for three hours. And then you're going to get on another flight. You're finally going to get yourself to California. And I go, all right, I'll take that flight. Can you give me a meal credit? Nah, you ain't getting no meal credit. All right, fine, fair enough. Now, when you say that this flight's going to leave, and the last flight didn't leave because of weather, and it doesn't look like there's any weather problems here, before I actually get on this flight, are you guys actually anticipating that this flight's going to go anywhere? Yes, sir. As far as all of our radars, fancy equipment, airport controller systems, we have no reason to load this plane and not fly it anywhere. All right, I'll do it. And so I get on that plane, and uh, I was rather furious. So actually, before I got on that plane, I had myself a uh, Bloody Mary, which, you know what? I'm a big whiskey guy, but for some reason, if you're like day drinking or about to get on a flight, I like a Bloody Mary. This was a particularly bad Bloody Mary, but what are you going to do? So I had myself a Bloody Mary, and then I got myself some uh, some Z-Quil. And uh, I looked at the Z-Quil, and it said something along the lines of not recommended with alcohol. I was like, all right, then that's clearly a good idea. They would tell you absolutely don't do it, and then I would still do it. But if like they're just saying not suggested, then that's a great idea. So I took myself my NyQuil. And I go to sleep, and I wake up an hour later, and we're still on the runway. I go back to sleep. Guess what happens the full hour later? We're still on the runway. Guess what happens an hour after that? We're still on the runway. And then I get off the plane, and then they find out, all right, the one plane you can take is a full, it's tomorrow. You got to drive home. So I'm driving home, that little Z-Quil Z, trying to stay up, finally get home. You know, wake up the next morning, do the whole thing again, get back to the airport, get myself on a new plane. And now this time, here's the problem with the with the Spirit Airlines. You get the, the cheap travel people, and I guess they stuff toilets. I mean, I wasn't there for the earlier flight. I don't even know if there really was a problem with this bathroom. Maybe it was like the, 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 the thing, like weather. They don't want to fly the plane. So if, like, you know, there's actual clear skies, then they claim toilet. If there's, if, there's, if there's cloudy skies, they claim cloudy skies. Whatever they can do to just have to 
to just sit you on a plane and just have you sit there. I don't understand the business model. I don't understand the way that the demon credits work where they'll pay to just not go anywhere with you. I don't understand the system, but that's the way Spirit Airlines, it's a fake airline. I, I go, well, Someone go do the research on how many times they actually even take off flights. I bet it's never. I bet like 10% of the Spirit, like I bet every once in a while, they actually get stuck in a situation where there's clear skies, not one person used the bathroom on the last thing, it's a packed flight, and they're like, fuck, we have to actually fly this plane. I swear, they treat plane like I did a homework as a kid. It's like they don't want to actually run an airline, but if they're absolutely stuck and they don't have a single excuse left in the book, they played through their last extension and they just need a hand in this paper, they'll finally do it. They'll finally call up a friend, figure out an Adderall supply, and fly a plane, but they have no interest in actual flying it. So I get on this plane the next day, and I knew it was going to happen. The second they said they had a problem with their bathroom, I was like, they're going to hold us here for two hours. I don't know why all morning they didn't check on the bathroom. The plane was just sitting there. They had a whole morning to take care of their bathroom situation, but they waited till they boarded the entire plane to go, someone clogged the toilet. We got to wait for a team. We got to wait for the toilet clogging, unclogging team to show up. It takes two hours. Then they finally close the doors. They head to the runway, and sure enough, the gray skies come in. And you know, they're sitting up there and the pilot goes, yes, I did my part. I'm going to get my bonus for not actually flying this plane. And so that's what happened. We sat there for three hours and then they go, hey, it's the three hour clock. We're turning back around, which at that point I was relieved because uh, believe me, I don't want to sit on that plane anymore. I already did three quarters of a, of a flight to, to California. I didn't want to be on it for another six hours and I already missed the first porch tour. Uh, so anyways, California Port Store will uh, hopefully uh, be rescheduled. Um, I was very uh, pleasantly surprised by the uh, Agawanga whatever because uh, that moved a fair amount of tickets. Um, so I, I think uh, I have a date with uh, Dave in San Diego. So maybe I'll tack back on the Agawangas and uh, we'll do L.A. down the line. Uh, also... Uh, next weekend, I'm in, uh, uh, not this weekend, but next weekend, I'm in upstate New York with uh, Howie Dewey and uh, Andy uh, Malafarina. We're doing shows at two different breweries. Um, the breweries are owned by a fan. I'm very excited to go there, try try out their beers. I'm enjoying the brewery shows. We've been having a great time at uh, Fifth Company Brewing. And uh, that's going to be in, the, the show's coming up next weekend are in Boonville and Utica. Come hang out for that. And then we're at the very end of Porch Tour with the last shows uh, taking place in Las Vegas, Nevada, and then Phoenix and Tucson, Arizona. Um, and being as that there aren't that many uh more shows that I got to do live pods at. We will have more home episodes. Um, all right. Now, before I get into my next topic, you got to do your boys a favor. You got to do me a favor and you got to treat your balls nicely. You got to go get yourself some sheathunderwear.com. I'm coming clean. I don't know if I did all the episodes I got to do last month. I got to actually sit down. So just go, go, go get yourself some sheath right now so that before, like, just good. I'm telling you, I'm wearing sheath right now. It's the greatest underwear that's ever existed, ever graced the balls of man. If you think that I could be calm six hours on planes, it's only because my balls are being cupped by perfect sheath fabric. And I, I don't actually use the sheath hole. You're welcome to use the sheath hole. Sometimes I do it when I'm exercising, but more often than not, I'm just wearing them as boxer briefs. So if you haven't loaded up yet, you've never tried the sheaths, or you've always been a sheath fan, right now, go to sheathunderwear.com, use promo code RYM, you get yourself 20% off, you support the program, and you're going you're gonna to treat your, you're treating your boys. Believe me, if your balls could give you a call and be like, hey, you did something nice for me here, 
that, that that's the moment that you would actually get that call from your balls. Maybe you haven't heard from them in a while, and that's because you're not treating them with enough respect. But you get yourself some sheathunderwear.com, you're going to have some uh, some happy nuts. All right. Um, I did have some uh, fake flyers that I made for uh, Spirit Airlines, but we're, we're not doing a presentation here, so I can save that for another time. Um, oh, I did have an unrelated... Uh, um, it was actually inspiring. I felt inspired by this. And I, and then we're going to, I promise you, there's news topics. We'll move on from airline stuff. But there was a uh, incident recently that a plane had to turn around because someone diarrhea down the uh, the runway. Not the runway. They diarrhea down the aisle. I don't know what the hell that lady ate. Apparently, and by the, I don't know how this woman escaped without having video. Oh, my God. Every time something goes wrong on a flight, those are always viral videos. So I don't know how in hell this woman lady seemed to avoid. Like, maybe the pilot came on and said, uh, this is your pilot speaking. That lady's actually hot. And so to contribute to reality where nothing bad ever happens to good looking people, we please ask you to not showcase the video of the diarrhea splurting out of her asshole. I don't know how it splurted out in such royal fashion that it actually made it onto the floor of the plane. I guess she must have been wearing a skirt and she wasn't wearing sheath underwear. That must have been it. She must have been wearing a skirt and a thong. And if anything, the thong just made it spray more because it was hitting the thong and then redirecting in a V fashion. Oh, boy. That's rough. That's why, ladies, sheathunderwear.com. If you end up having yourself an accident and you're wearing sheath, I'm not saying it's going to keep all that liquefied diarrhea. Uh, it's not depends, but, you know, it'll be your last line of support while you're making a run to a bathroom. Uh, so anyways, I guess what I found so inspiring uh, is that, you know, I'm concerned about even using the bathroom on flights. Like, having to take a shit on a flight? Oh my god, that's a that's a scary ordeal. And here you have a lady who actually, the worst thing in the entire world, she diarrhea down the aisleway to the point that the pilot had to actually call into uh, the control tower and go um, divert to Atlanta, passenger diarrhea all over aisle, biohazard. That was the ticket that came in. Uh, and since it wasn't Spirit Airlines, they were actually able to let them land the plane. Can you imagine that? Having a flight and it gets landed because of explosive diarrhea, and then you still get, like, they're like, yeah, there's no jet bridge available. Uh, I know that you guys are sitting back there and it smells terrible, but we're, we're working on getting us a new jet bridge and a new plane. I can't believe that lady wasn't, uh, like, just shoved out of the plane. Can you believe that? Diarrhea all over the aisleway of a plane and just, you know, if she doesn't come clean on the internet and let us know that it was her, we don't know who it was. I don't know who she was. That's pretty cool. She got away. Like you, you, what I'm trying to say is for all the people out there who are so nervous about using bathrooms, such as myself, apparently the worst thing that can happen, happened to someone. And she still is an anonymous individual. And I guess they just, you know, they diverted the flight. It wasn't even that, that bad. All right, I know that this is old news at this point, um, but I do, as long as we're talking about diarrheaing all over the place, uh, I don't know if you guys saw all that mud that existed down at, uh, they, they had a rainstorm on uh, Burning Man, uh, and of course people were calling, were claiming that the, was shut down because there was an outbreak of Ebola, which, you look at all that mud, that'd be a lot of Ebola, that'd be a lot of Ebola, you gotta love Twitter, I mean in this case, like it actually looks like mud, uh, so I don't, I, I don't really know why they came through with the Ebola conspiracy, 
Who knows? Maybe maybe Ebola was man. They, they were distributing it at Burning Man, and now it's going to start, you know, making its way around the nation. But when I heard about the floods over at uh, Burning Man and that it was turned into an all muddy, terrible situation, my instant thought was, I just, I was like, I feel bad for all the other Rob Bernstein's out there. The guy who would rather not go anywhere, just like sitting on his couch, ended up with a hot girlfriend. She's really into acid and said that this is going to open up your mind. And he said, all right, I'll come with you. And then he got stuck out there while you get this muddy mess. And the problem is like, you got to be careful with women who are better at partying than you are. Because you'll end up with some lady who's on acid, just in a puddle, going, isn't this incredible? And you're just trying to play around along like you don't. And then I saw some pictures of, like, the rich snobs that went out there. Because you get both. There was, like, this New York Post article with this lady. Why some Burning Man attendees plan to stay to party despite reported death? Exodus weed- weeded out the week. And then you got some hot chick. This hot chick's, like, 50 don't you got to be careful parting with people like this because that lady's going to get you into trouble. She was built for it. Like the same way, like you shouldn't play pro football. Like some people are just built to party and you got to be careful with those people. So if you're out there, any, any, any other Rob Bernstein's who got roped into Burning Man to get completely rained and poured out and just had the worst experience of running around being like, I hate everyone. This is why I don't leave my house. I'm going to die. And they're telling me that people have Ebola. Uh, you know, I, that, that, I salute you. And you know what? You would have been lucky in that case if you had taken um, uh, Spirit Airlines because you, then you, you could have you just not flown. You could have just spent your weekend going in and out of the airport and sitting on planes that didn't go anywhere. All right, uh, so let's get back to that Tucker Carlson interview that I mentioned a while back. And uh, I put it out to you guys because I'm actually going to put uh, two polls uh, into the description. We're going to do one poll. I'm going to ask the Spotify audience. I'm curious if you guys even uh, prefer the video version of the show because uh, I'm done with YouTube for now. So I might, uh, I, I'm either going to onboard a producer or I might be uh, audio only. I kind of like this. I kind of like just staring at my wall and rambling. And, uh, so that's question one. Question two is, um, how gay do we think Obama actually is? Cause I, I do find it's a fun storyline. The idea that really he's a closeted gay man and he married Michael Obama, somehow transgendered her into Michelle Obama, which she's not really like, it's like, she doesn't really pull off either category that well for clarity, but it doesn't, it seems very unlikely that she's been hiding a penis all these years it's a it's the funnest and funniest of all the conspiracy theories and then of course he got this crackhead he's there with his uh um uh arthritis gloves because he's given so many hand jobs in his days uh not really giving any clarity to the story like oh he touched my leg like dude if you're already gonna have a guy on just to tell the scandalous tale of how he smoked crack and had sex with obama which by the way can we put a lineup of people in a room and see if he can even identify different different black people? You're telling me this guy on crack is 100% certain that it was actually Obama? It, 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 it seems like, listen, it's fun. It's fun to have a tale this scandalous. It's fun. It's funny. I enjoy it. It's definitely not uh, the highest form of journalism. But I throw it to you guys, robsnewsroom at gmail.com. Send me your theories of how gay do we think Obama actually is and uh, whether or not you think uh, Michelle is really a Michael. All right. Now let's get into the uh, Donald Trump shenanigans. They're down there. 
And, you know, people are, I've seen some, uh, some fun things on Twitter, but nothing behind it. But the fun thing is, oh, this guy Eastman's really shown up with the evidence. This is all the evidence that they ignored through all the trials the entire time. But really, these court cases are going to go the wrong way for the people that tried to bring these things because now they're actually going to have their opportunity to showcase all their evidence. Anyways, I saw a CNN article, and I want to read this uh, paragraph to you guys because I found it interesting. So question about conspiracy theories. Smith's team, that's one of the uh, four cases going on right now. Smith, that's Jack Smith. That's the, uh, it started off as a case in uh, D.C. with the grand jury, and then they moved it to Florida. And it, it seems like the whole, hey, he had dangerous documents thing is gone. And now it's, hey, he lied to us when he turned off cameras. And then they flipped the guy who had turned off the cameras. It's, uh, hey, we were trying to get you in trouble, and you weren't fully compliant with our efforts to get you in trouble. It already seems like that's uh, pivoted, but I can't say it 100%. I'm just, uh, I'm giving you guys my uh, my quick shot, my quick shot view of what I, it seems like is happening in that case. But anyways, questions about conspiracy theories. Smith's team has specifically asked witnesses about certain conspiracy theories pushed by Powell, including that Dominion voting system had ties to former Venezuelan president Hugo Chavez and featured software he used to rig his own election. The software company has previously said that turnout in those Venezuelan elections, not the voting systems, was manipulated. I just want to reread that line. The software company has previously said the turnout in those Venezuelan elections, not the voting systems, was manipulated. So I don't know. If you already had a conspiracy theory of, hey, these voting machines were used in a faulty election... Now to go, oh, no, no, it wasn't the voting machines that was the problem. Too many people showed up to vote. All right, so it sounds like you guys took part in a bad election. That should already be enough to go, hey, what's up with these, what's up with this system? Fine, maybe it wasn't the machines, but at least the machines aren't working for good elections. So, wait, wait, it's, it's too much conspiracy, like, I mean, that sounds like a shady fucking answer. You're telling me it was easier for them to, uh, th- these machines are so rock solid that if a guy wants to cheat in an election, he gets himself really good machines, but then brings too many people to show up and vote? That's the easier way to manipulate an election? So if you're the guy in charge, you're a fucking dictator, and you're going to rig your election, and by the way, I know nothing about Venezuela, I don't know how, how Hugo Chavez wins, I- I'm just saying, if it seems to me like you get to pick what company you're partnering with, and so it was easier to manipulate the election by having people show up and vote multiple times than it was to, for the faulty equipment. And then once you're already going to admit that it was a bad election, you're saying that, oh, it's complete and total lunacy for anyone to be questioning the machines that were the chosen thing of Hugo Chavez, the dictator of Venezuela, who rigged his own election, but he did it with people. When he rigged his election, it was with too many people. All right, then there was an uh, article in the Wall Street Journal. Jefferson makes a cameo in Trump case. Comparisons with the predicament of Mike Pence arise, but go only so far. Washington in 1801, after the young nation's fourth election, Vice President Thomas Jefferson faced a choice in his constitutional role to certify the results. He could reject George's tally because the paperwork was defective, or he could accept the defective paperwork and send himself up for victory. More than two centuries later, that long lost to history decision resurfaced as relevant to the aftermath of the 2020 election and the legal quagmire now surrounding former President Donald Trump. 
On January 6, 2021, it was Trump's Vice President Mike Tense whose role was to certify the results of the electoral vote before a joint session of Congress, as he faced intense pressure from Trump and his supporters to reject Electoral College tallies from key states and send them back to the legislator, even though both the Electoral College count and the popular vote gave President Biden his victory. The pressure on tense was the culmination of frenzied planning by Trump and his allies over how they could create a state, a slate of alternate electors, state representatives picked by the party or candidate who formally cast ballots based on the popular vote from the narrowly decided states to produce a Trump victory. If this is boring, just know I read this shit all the time and then I turn it into dick and fart jokes for you. So just bear with me. You know how many Wall Street Journal articles I read on a daily basis? All right, let's just read one more paragraph. Pence became the plotter's last chance on the deadline day for certifying the election, making the vice president the target of Trump supporters as they stormed the Capitol and called on him to refuse to legally certify the election. Pence stood his ground, saying he had no leeway under the Constitution to do anything other than conduct the process by which the results of the Electoral College were counted and certified. All right, blah, blah, blah. It gets boring. Essentially, Thomas Jefferson didn't revo- uh, revoke it and then still ended up winning through like a whole long process. Uh, anyways, the point I was trying to get at here is that Trump is supposed to be the roadrunner slash Bugs Bunny. What he's supposed to do is other people cook up these concocted plans and then he's like a mirror and he showcases how dumb these other people are and then everyone that tries to go after him just magically ends up in trouble it's like what happened to that avenatti guy Aven- stormy daniels ended up owing donald trump money and then avenatti this beautiful bald man that they were then saying he's going to end up going he's going to end up being the next president turns out he was ripping off stormy daniels and she goes to jail and there were, seemed to be a lot of examples. These people, they're trying to go after Trump, and then all of a sudden you turn around, and they're in trouble. Their hair's falling out. They're going to jail. They're ta- they're, 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 they're lawyer, they're ex-lawyers for Trump. They're talking about the noodles that they got to eat before they went into jail. And I feel like Donald Trump, he did it wrong because he, he, he cooked up a wily Coyote scheme here. And what he needs to do is let other people, he's just got to be him where everyone's trying to catch him, and then they can't catch him. That's the way Donald Trump's supposed to win. All right, let's take a look at a couple more of the uh, stories coming out about these cases. This is from NBC News. Efforts to keep former President Donald Trump off the 2024 ballot under the 14th Amendment are gaining momentum as election officials in key states are preparing for or starting to respond to legal challenges to Trump's candidacy. The argument to disqualify Trump from appearing on primary or general election ballots in 2024 boils down to Section 3 of the U.S. Constitution's 14th Amendment, which states an elected official is not eligible to assume public office if that person engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the United States. And now you know why they kept screaming that this is an insurrection. Because I guess if there was an insurrection and Donald Trump actually did the insurrection, he can't run for president. I haven't read that shit in the Constitution. I'm working off ABC News. Even that's a stupid fucking rule. If you run an insurrection... And people so want you to be president that you then go on and you win the actual process. I mean, that's some fucking, like, dictatorship. Hey, if you try doing it the wrong way, then you're not allowed to legally do it the right way. If you're so fucking popular that everyone goes, shit, we really need this guy out of office. And we really need this guy to be in control. And then you try and and, and you try and overtake and it doesn't work. And you go, shit, well, that didn't work. You know what? I'm going to go run and we'll do it the right way. I don't think I don't feel like you should be disqualified. But hey, that's just me. But you, you see, they're, they're trying every trick in the book to make it that this guy can't possibly win and he can't possibly be the next president. Now, on that note, this is from uh, the Washington Post. 
Donald Trump's trial in Georgia could take four months. What it means, Trump could spend a third of a year sitting in Atlanta courtroom while running for president and juggling three other criminal cases. That's what I've been saying. They're just trying to bitch him out. It's hard to go, hey, look at how wonderful I am. Look at how I'm a winner. You let me win and I'll win for you when every day you're getting called back into court and instead you got to complain and go, it's what they're doing to me is so not fair. No one ever has been treated so horribly. You just, you bitch the guy out. You turn him into just crying about how terrible everything is instead of being out there doing these giant rallies going, we're going to win. We're going to get you that wall. Look at all these other things that they fucked up. I'm going to do it for you. That's what they're doing. They're undermining his ability to campaign by forcing him to show up to court. And then if Biden ends up running, he'll go, I can't debate this guy. He's clearly a criminal. There's four court cases against him. And of course, that's what they're How can you possibly have a person running for office when there's four court cases? I don't know. Maybe even the Republican Party will step. But we got to we really maybe maybe this guy shouldn't even be allowed to get the nomination for our party with four court cases, four court cases with what? Each of them, 90 indictments. That's like a thousand things that he might be in trouble for. All right. This is from Axios. Trump's social media post could prejudice jury prosecutors say. Here's the next checks piece on the board. Here, I want to read this. Special counsel Jack Smith sent a court filing Tuesday that the daily statements made by former President Trump threatened to prejudice the jury pool and the case surrounding his alleged efforts to overturn the 2020 election. There you go. We can't have this guy posting online. It's illegal for the guy to post online because he might ruin this nonsense court case. A guy's running for office and he wants to say, hey, this thing's nonsense. That's why you got to vote for me. Look at how corrupt our legal system is. Hey, you're not allowed to make comments like that. That might actually inform the voters. Oh, but informing the voters might dissuade the jury because apparently 9, 12, or however many people on a jury making a decision is more important than, I guess, a very large jury of the entire country showing up to vote on something. Hey, these nine people who are uneducated and, I guess, randomly picked by a process, that's a better way of gauging the merits than the entire country showing up and voting. All right, here's another headline. Judge denies Mark Meadows' request to move Georgia case to federal court. Just to showcase, I guess, like, once you end up in the actual court system and they get to go, hey, rules are rules, and this is the way that the rule is. So here you go. And and then how much that gets interpreted by a judge. This is Mark Meadows was denied to move his Georgia case to federal court. However, U.S. District Judge Steve C. Jones of Atlanta denied Meadows' request, writing in his ruling that the former chief of staff was not acting in an official government capacity when he allegedly attempted to overturn the election. So if you have a job at the government and your boss tells you to go do something and your boss is responsible for election integrity, you're not that's not a part of your job. I mean, that's actually part of what the court case is supposed to be about. Or one of the variables here, I think, is whether or not you can even be prosecuted for things you were doing while on the job. And so in this case, I guess the judge has already decided on that one. Jones added that Meadows has not shown that the actions that triggered the state's prosecution were related to his federal office. Opining, opining or opinioning, I don't know, that his alleged association with post-election activities was not related to his role as White House chief of staff or executive branch authority. All right, here's another fun headline, giving you guys all the details on what's going on in Trump world. This is from USA Today. Judge repeats that Donald Trump defamed E.G. Carroll January 15th trial will assess damages. So he also had jury in New York City decided that uh, even though she accused him of rape, 
they decided that it wasn't rape because they couldn't prove that the rape had occurred, but just that sexual assault had occurred. So I guess even the jury acknowledges that Jean Carroll was lying when she, I think, accused him of rape. I don't think she accused him of sexual assault. I think she accused him of rape. So they decided that she was lying on the rape part, but she was accurate about the sexual assault part. Interesting. I, I've been working on a joke for this for a while, and I'm just, I'm not even, I'm not telling you guys the joke, but it's crazy to me, and I'm sure I've said this on the podcast before, that we might have a court system in New York City that's so corrupt that they're willing to label a guy a sexual assaulter. And I know it wasn't a criminal court, it was, but still, you, legally speaking, a court has determined that Donald Trump sexually assaulted someone. I would think either you'd have to address, is that court system corrupt, or how can we possibly have a guy running for president who I guess is known for, uh, I guess because it wasn't criminal? I don't know, there's just something backwards that, like, there's just an element of clear bullshit there that we're all okay with. It's just the constant gray area. Is this a man or, or is it a lady? I don't know. You can be whatever you want. Is the guy a sexual assaulter or not? I don't know. The court said he was, but he's still running for president and no one cares. So I, I guess we don't we don't care when courts label people sexual assaulters or we all agree that that court was clearly corrupt when they labeled him that. But that's fun because now he doesn't even get to comment on it. Or if he comments on it, it's going to cost him money every time. So, you know, I guess if he feels that, uh, that uh, I mean, I wasn't there. I don't know if it happened. Jury certainly decided that it did happen. And so if he wants to say, hey, that, that like, firstly, it shouldn't be considered defamation anymore. Because if a court legally declares that one person's view of an incident is accurate, then at that point, it's no longer defamation if I say that the, the, the court made a legal distinction that, Ladies right, Donald Trump's wrong. So if you repeat something that's wrong, it shouldn't be defaming anymore because legally that's been declared to be bullshit. Like imagine this. All right. Imagine I say you've been dumping, you've been uh, dumping pollutants in, into the river. And then the court says there's no pollutants in the river. So when I come around, I go, there's pollutants in the river. Everyone knows I'm lying. I'm legally the court. We already went through the court case. So there shouldn't be, I, I mean, I guess maybe it still stands out to people. Well, why is he saying it if it turned out not to be true? I don't know. I got a court order here. It says that there's no pollutants in here. The water's safe to drink. Yeah, I guess maybe. Maybe I just convinced myself the other way, that it still has an impact because the guy saying it, even though the court case, the court declared otherwise, still leaves people with the impression that the court was wrong. That's weird, though. So if a court makes a ruling not in your favor and says that you've defamed, so then you're legally prohibited from uh, keeping your perspective. Which also means then, then the case. Like, well, I guess you'd have to. Yeah, maybe you'd have to abstain until you can repeat the trial. All right, I guess I talked myself down on that one. All right, Wall Street Journal: Trump, Two Trump co-defendants will go on trial next month. This is fun. I'm just going to read this one paragraph. Based on what's been presented today, I'm not finding that severance from uh, from Mr. Chesbro on or Mrs. Powell is necessary to achieve a fair determination of the guilt of innocence for either defendant. The judge said at the end of the hearing, his first since being randomly assigned the case last month. Powell and Chesbro both exercised their statutory right under Georgia law to a speedy trial. Dude, getting lumped in with that crazy bitch fucking sucks. Are you kidding me? You're telling me that there's no reason why someone should be allowed to not have to be with the Kraken lady? Remember the lady who said, oh, we've got all the evidence. We've got Krakens. We've got all this stuff coming out. You're telling I don't I don't even know who the Chesbro person is. Maybe the Chesbro one is the one who said, "Hey, 
it wrote where well, he was the speechwriter for this lady and said, hey, go tell him about the Kraken. But that seems tough. You're trying to run your own court case. And they're like, nope, you have to be tried with this other lady. Um, All right, let's just uh, hit a couple more topics real quick. But before we do, PremierPharma.com. Dude, I've been yelling about airlines. Every single company out there, they're all trying to ram it up our butts. They're trying to pull a, a, a Michael Obama. No, I guess Barack. They're all Barackin' us. No, they're they're Michael Obamaing us. That's what they're doing. They're Michael Obamaing us, and we're Barack, but we don't want to be Barack because it's not consensual. We didn't agree to it, and so I don't know if the company is going to appreciate this for an ad read. I mean, very loyal partners, very nice people. You know what? Let's make a let's make a separation right here. Everything I just said beforehand had nothing to do. I'm not even going to name the kind. It was just nonsense from the show. So let's restart the ad. Hey, are you sick of spending too much money on on products? You all are especially with inflation. Even I'm I'm off the sandwich game. I'm cooking my own meals at home. Who can afford to go out for food anymore? I feel like my grandfather. My grandfather, you know, he said, you're going to experience this in your life where you become cheap. You weren't cheap, but you become cheap because you're like, a movie was supposed to be 10 cents. I can't spend $15. You know what $15 is to me? When I was 20, you could have bought a wife for $15. You think I'm going to spend $15 on a movie ticket? I'm already experiencing that myself. How many of you guys are like that now with the inflation? Sometimes I go the other way where it's like it all just feels like it's monopoly money and that you can't save any anyway. So it's like I, I like I just can't even think about what things cost. You're just like, here, just take it. Whatever it is, just just take it all. I, I don't need this money anyway, so other people should have it. Sometimes I go that way, and then other times you're like, oh, my God, who can afford anything? Anyways, uh, are you sick of overpaying for things? that used to cost less, but between inflation and companies that don't even want to fly their airplanes but charge you money for it, everyone's squeezing everybody. But there's one company out there, and they're good sponsors of this show, and they're trying to make a difference, PremierFarmer.com. You know what they're doing? They're trying to get you better access to generic drugs that doesn't do the coupon rebat systems that gives all sorts of money to CVS and still has you paying more money. So uh, what do you do if you got yourself uh, uh, like a private doctor's office, you got yourself a private pharmacy, or you got some other distribution network that's legal for getting pharmaceuticals to people, and you want a cheaper option for generic drugs to get your patients, you go to PremierPharma.com, talk to the good doctors over there, you start slinging some drugs for less. Like a good drug dealer. That's how you be a good drug dealer. You get people a better product. For less money, or in this case, the exact same product, because it's just the generics. Uh, all right, moving on. Uh, oh, here's a. All right, we're just gonna hit a couple quick topics because uh, I'm tiring myself out here. All these rants, these rambles. All right, you got uh, the former Proud Boys chairman Enrique Tario is sentenced to 22 years in federal prison, the longest January 6th sentence to date. I'm actually a little bit surprised by that because I thought I thought he was a Fed. I really did. My theory has always been anyone who's too handsome to have these lunatic positions and then they're actually in the leadership and organizing roles. I always figured that those people are the feds. But, you know, who knows? Maybe he's actually going to prison or maybe they'll stick him in a jail cell um, with, uh, you know. Like, I, what, do we get cameras in jails? Do we actually know that uh, that Epstein lady, I can't remember her name right now, that she's actually sitting in a jail cell right now? She might be. Or maybe they get body doubles for these people, and there's other people. They serve out the prison sentences, and then they all get to live on whatever the new J- Jeffrey Epstein's island is. Um, you got Lori uh, Lightfoot is uh, teaching at Harvard. 
uh, which I hope on the syllabus it goes, are you looking to learn about public uh, office from the biggest dick in Chicago? <laughs> Hey, mom, you wouldn't believe it. I got into Harvard and I get to learn from public governance from the lady with the biggest dick in Chicago. Oh, my God. The circle of, uh, I guess, fulfilling your government contracts, the overlords and then getting lucrative jobs at Harvard. I mean, think about that. If you wanted to be educated about the world, you could uh, have Brian Stelter or Lori Lightfoot as your teacher at Harvard, the greatest school in all of America. You really want to learn. You really want to be more informed. You can go learn from this cockroach-looking lady or that three little pigs. Unbelievable. You'd think they would care about their uh, uh, their credibility a little bit. All right, this was a Wall Street Journal article, Broadband for All Comes with Sky-High Costs. Um, I'll just give you guys the short. You can go look up the article. But I'm trying to uh, showcase more of the it's just the socialism stupid articles. Like, for example, Hawaii burning because they decided, hey, let's have windmills instead of cleaning up the brush or, uh, you know, taking care of these electric lines. Or in this case, the article is essentially about people who have homes that are not worth all that much money that they might make broadband investments at $55,000 a home or $50,000 a home, which is more than some of these homes are worth. There you go. But it's important that these people be able to watch porn as quickly as the rest of us. Um, All right. This was a disappointing story. So you had the Fifth Circuit Court. Finally, they labeled that, uh, you know, the Biden administration did, in fact, pressure social media companies. By the way, if you're a lawyer out there, and you can actually find that fifth court, sir. You're just good at Google. If someone can actually find that decision and send it my way, I would like to read it. Um, but so they decided that, yes, the Biden administration did coerce them. But the earlier court that said that now government can't talk to social media at all, that went too far. So nobody's at fault. And the Biden administration can continue to pressure social media companies to advocate their point of view, just not as strongly. So, guys, the problem solved. I mean, the last the administration overstepped, removed our freedoms, removed certain people's ability to make an income because they're in, you know, they're in, they're in the game of trying to share information and then being right. And people going, oh, that guy's actually right. Why don't I listen to him on information? I can't wait for that. Someone's got to do that class action lawsuit of all the lost money because of the Biden administration removing our First Amendment right and threatening social media companies that they were going to lose their protected status or, you know, or else. You better listen to us or else. But they can still continue to talk. They just have to figure out how to not strong arm or threaten when they're calling and making their threats. Great. Glad we dealt with that one. Uh, This was a juicy story that was making the rounds. They were trying to say that uh, um, Elon Musk turned off his Starlink technology to prevent the Ukrainian, uh, like, subs, uh, drone subs from doing an attack. And then it turns out, he turns around, he goes, no, I never gave them access to the Starlinks in this area. They asked me to turn it on for an attack. I can't be a part of the war in this, in this like, way. We're a fucking private company here, and I'm being nice by even letting you guys use my technology. And now you're literally asking me to be involved in a decision about whether or not attack is a good idea. No, I never promised you the technology for this area. And if you guys are so good with government and spending, why the fuck do you need to use my private company's technology? Uh, ooh, I'm going to yell about this on the next episode. I have it on my list, the casualness of Trader Joe recalls. We're, we're, we're going to go off on that on the next one. Uh, 
And then I'll go off on this one and the next one too. There was a a failed puff piece about electric cars, about a road trip with that lady who's like in charge of the electric vehicle initiatives. And it talked about all the failures that they confronted in trying to take a road trip to showcase how great EVs are. I just thought that one was funny. It's the socialism, stupid. That's all it is. When government tries to come in and just go, hey, this is a great idea, and it's so great, we're going to force it upon yourself. It's so great that no business thought, hey, we could go offer this product or service and make money for it. It's so great that no business was able to figure that out. There was no need for it or no profitability to it, but it's such a great thing, we're going to just force it on people. And when you do that, it just doesn't work. Every time, it will never work. But yet, they'll just keep fucking trying to force shit upon us. And that's why it's going to happen. A couple years from now, you're going to show up somewhere, rental car, and it'll be like sitting on the fucking spirit runway where they give you a car and you don't know where to go or how to charge it. But hey, that's your responsibility. Once you took the keys to that vehicle, getting this thing back here is your and your only responsibility. Be like, I don't want to fucking, I told you I didn't want the electric vehicle. I told you I wanted a gas car. And then you, you gave me a thing with the guide of where I can charge it. And those chargers don't fucking exist. They're all broken. Now I'm stranded out here. Oh, that's going to cost a lot of money if we got to pick that thing up. And don't let the battery run out. You, If you let that battery run out, you actually, there's no insurance that will cover the battery running out because we can't have that liability. And now you owe us a new car. So now you're actually going to have to work at this Hertz for the rest of your life. So you're lucky that you listen to the show and you're going to know to not be signing contracts that might get you stuck as a uh, as a life of servitude working at Hertz because you rented an electric vehicle and then they took away all the charging stations and then you found out insurance didn't cover when you brought the vehicle down to empty. Listen, other people are literally going to end up sold as slaves to work at airports for Hertz. But lucky for you, you listen to the Run Your Mouth podcast and you will be spared from renting vehicles because maybe... You know, people like us will start a new company that says not it will just be not electric vehicles or airlines that actually fly. Just very simple slogans. Then people go, oh, that sounds like a business that I'd like an air an airline that will actually fly its planes. That's bold. Other airlines, they just like to sit on the runway and then refund your money. And then they make no money, but they got to harvest your bad energy and you spent money at the airport, you know, the, the parking people, they made their 70 bucks. That bartender on the shitty fucking Bloody Mary, he made his $25. The Zequel people, they made their $10. All right, that's our episode. It's nice to be back, not having to look at my face on that stupid camera, talking into the actual microphone. So th- this was old school. I had fun with it. Robsnewsroom at gmail.com. Uh... All right, here are the upcoming dates. I'm just a quick rundown. Don't go away. You're going to be interested in these dates. Firstly, I'm, I, I'm Lewis, Jay Gomez, and Dave Smith are taking me to Europe. I'm a Europe back, people. I'm going to Europe. Grow out your bush. Come have sex with me in Europe. You know, big fucking stinky muffs. I don't think I'm going to France. I think that's only a France thing. But I don't know what you people do in Europe. Come hang out with me in Europe. Let's, uh, let's, uh, you know, you can smoke too much weed anywhere, and you can eat an edible anywhere. But I feel like Amsterdam, we're going to porch toward in uh, Frank's house. That's what we're going to do. Come porch. Did she have a porch? Anyways, uh, there's only three summer porch tour dates left. We've got Las Vegas, then we've got Tucson, Arizona, and we've got Phoenix, Arizona. 
And then, I don't know what I'm going to do up until the next porch tour. I don't know the logistics on the next porch tour. I don't even want to think about porches anymore. The summer's over. No one should be porching anymore. It's not right. It needs a different name for it. It's got to be the fall classic. But anyways, there's a couple porches left. And I'm very excited because I'm sure that those planes will actually fly. And will they'll be glorious porches. Glorious porches. But anyways, next weekend, Boonville and Utica. Howie Dewey. I got the... I'm going to Europe. Got Skank Fest. Uh, some other dates with Davy Smith. And then I don't know what I'm going to do November, December. Maybe I'll just get fat at home. Jerk off a whole bunch. And then realize, ah, oh, shit, I better set up some porch tours. Because it's already... Then it goes December, January. You see, it's a fucking treadmill, people. You think you're going to get a break? There are no breaks. All right, that's our episode. Thanks to the sponsors. YoKratom.com, home of the $60 kilo. You're not into Kratoms, you can go to yourself. YoDelta.com, vape pens, gummies, promo code RYM. SheathUnderwear.com, you get yourself the greatest underwear that's ever graced the balls of men. Use promo code RYM, get yourself 20% off those guys. And if you got a pharmacy, you actually care about your patients, want to get them cheaper drugs, you go to PremierPharma.com. That's our episode. Thank you.